Welcome to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Lenka Kapova. And I'm always thinking, if there is someone out there who can create a device that would be recording my inner chatter all the time and gave me the option to highlight in the transcript the important thoughts, I would be willing to pay millions. Because if I'm cycling, if I'm running, if I'm in a shower, I get brilliant ideas. But in certain moments, I just can't stop and write it out. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I just wish and repeat it and repeat it so many times. I hope the brain will remember. And sometimes it's just gone. Hi there, and welcome back to the Personal Brand Business Show. My name is Bob Gentle, and every week I speak with incredible people who share their secrets to building, marketing, and monetizing your expertise, intentionally growing a unique personal brand, and the mindset you need for your business to grow and thrive. If you're new to the show, then while you still have your device in your hand, then hit the subscribe button. That way you won't miss a single episode. If you're a regular listener, consider sharing the show with just one person. It's the very best way you can help the show grow and help me reach more people. And if you are watching on YouTube, this is important. Take a second to subscribe. And also, please, like this video. It really makes my day. So, love it or hate it, Social media is largely going to be where potential customers discover you. And when I say you, I mean you in depth. Whether that's triggered by a post they see of yours, when they're checking out, after somebody's maybe referred you, or even if they found you on Google, social media is where people will find out who you actually are. And more importantly, if they like you, they trust you, and they want to hire you. And if you want customers, then you're going to need them to give them someone to meet. Social media content matters. And if you're a coach or a consultant where the personal connection really matters, then letting people meet you matters so much more. So this week, I am delighted to be joined by Lenka Kapova, social media whisperer to coaches. Lenka, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here. And thank you for the lovely introduction. So I have lots of questions. We first met at Atomicon it feels like a very long time ago. We had a pandemic, so it's probably three or four years ago. And we've now come out the other side. Your business has changed quite a lot. Mine is completely different. So for the listeners maybe meeting you for the first time, could you maybe just start by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you are, the kind of work you do now, and then we can just go from there. Yeah. So right now I would be calling myself marketing therapist, and I work mainly with health and well-being professionals. And marketing therapist, in my mind, it's it's a business coach, it's a business mentor, it's a marketing guide for coaches and other health and well-being professionals. But the therapy for me is an important point because from my experience with my clients and with people, okay. marketing is very sensitive, it's very painful, it's very stressful and overwhelming. And it is often talked about in very logical, rational terms of very practical. You need to have a strategy and you need to have certain tactics. But I do work with people who have a strong personal brand, who are the person in the business, who are the service provider, who are selling themselves and who are very of them empathetic, sensitive, caring. And for them, the idea of selling themselves and going out there and really hustle hard to promote themselves it's very scary it's very painful it's overwhelming and i'm really here to create a safe space and allow them to see that marketing doesn't have to be all the things that they've heard and seen before 
that marketing can be fun and joyful and still deliver amazing results that they actually are after. I think I've been thinking a lot about this, particularly this morning, getting ready for this interview, but also looking at my own social media this morning. And when you are a solopreneur business owner, when it's largely you, or even if you're the leader of a business, social media is generally going to be about you. This is the big difference between corporate marketing and personal brand marketing. And that does mean it's very personal. And that brings up all kinds of issues around confidence. Sometimes that might be put in terms of imposter syndrome. Sometimes it's just the fear of being seen, pure and simple. But it's easy to forget when you do hear about people talking about marketing in such pragmatic terms. Human beings are not pragmatic, rational things. And I think that's where the idea of therapy and therapists, although we have to sort of put the standard American caveats, this is not therapeutic advice. It's extremely pertinent because there are so many issues come up when you start talking to business owners about their personal visibility. Yeah, exactly. Because we know that when it comes to social media, when it comes to email marketing, content marketing, we love stories. We love knowing what people are up to. We love learning about them and their quirks and interests. And very often I will have conversations with clients who will be surprised in a way, even though it should not be surprising, that their personal posts will always perform better than their promotional posts, which makes total sense. But there is a space in the game for all of those. Because we use stories to create emotions, to connect with other people on a human level. Because for me in marketing, especially as a personal brand service provider, as you nicely distinguish between those types and then the bigger corporate marketing, for me, it's all about seeing other people as humans first and as prospects second. And I think that changes a lot of the dynamic that in your marketing, when you start realizing that marketing is simply talking about things you love talking about in a way that it hits and resonates with the people who need to hear that. So one of the things that I see a lot of people doing, and I think this is important because Marketing is is all about sending signals. If you want to be visible, you need to transmit. And there's different styles of signal that you can send. And I think when people hear about vulnerability, they start thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I need to post in order to share my vulnerabilities. When actually that can be counterproductive sometimes. If you look a little bit like a needy Nelly, you're not inspiring confidence. So I think there is a balance to share. And I think a lot of people can default to this more vulnerable style post because they don't actually have the confidence to stand up and say, this is what I believe in, or this is what I feel is important, or this was something I found extremely successful. So how do you work with people in order that they can start to not simply be vulnerable, but maybe step into more of a leadership role in terms of showing people, this is what I believe, this is what I stand for, or the confidence to not necessarily share content from the perspective of, I know everything, but I'm the student and I'm sharing what I'm learning. I think this is an, a really important distinction to make because often, again, in marketing, we are 
thought and we tell people you need to be the expert, you need to be the thought leader, you need to create this type of a content. And yes, part of that, obviously, we want to be showcasing our expertise and knowledge. But with, especially now with all the technology, with AI and everything that can take over lots of these kind of jobs, we are being left with what only we humans can genuinely do. And that's the storytelling, that's the emotional connection, and that's the listening and having conversations, like similar to what we have right now, unscripted, unprepared, sharing what we know and what we really find to be true and to be helpful. And talking about privacy, there's always been an interesting metaphor that I've heard ages ago that helps people to, at least help me, to look at this vulnerability and potentially oversharing or find the confidence to actually share, which is when you have a guest coming to a house, you often welcome them through your living room and maybe to your kitchen, but you will not take them immediately to the bedroom or some guests will be only left to be on the front porch. So with your content and with the sharing of our stories, we can choose if what we're going to share is the more of a outside garden kind of a content but that's the extent we're willing to share if the people that maybe we have on our mailing list they deserve a little bit more and they are ready to receive a little bit more of our honesty and vulnerability and depth that we can share something more personal but there are certain things that we will not share publicly we will only share in closed mastermind groups maybe with our business best team with our coach And I think it is helpful in our mind to separate the topics and the content and the ideas and the stories into different buckets to share. It's still honest. It's still open. It's still coming across as, you know, the fancy buzzword authentic brand, but you don't have to share everything. And that often helps my clients to then see that they can build up to some of those more deeper meaningful stories over time by just testing it out with a little bit of the it's not superficial but it's not the really deep dive type of a story i really like that is the idea of intimacy in intimate contexts that you're not going to share your most intimate stories on linkedin but in a mastermind setting or even in public speaking where you have the doors closed this all makes sense because it does bind you to the audience. And I think that's an important aspect. And yeah, you don't rush people straight into the bedroom. That's a really nice way of putting it. One of the things that I find a lot of people struggle with is, on the one hand, creativity or idea generation, to put it a little bit more mechanistically. And on the other end, they don't necessarily have an appreciation of the wealth of story that they actually have. Something that I often find is a story will pop into my head. I think that's a brilliant story. I'd never considered that. And then it's gone. How do you work with clients, I guess, on the one hand, to capture, to audit and capture their stories in order that they, they've they reduced the friction when they're sitting down to create content and also support them with a, a content strategy that, again, reduces friction because friction is the biggest problem for most business owners. They don't have time. I think the word strategy is also very overwhelming for many people. It's this one elusive word that we know we should have strategy, we have to have strategy. And yet 
a lot of people do struggle to really not only create it, but then know how to use it practically. So often with my clients, we just create a roadmap so we don't understand where we are, where we're going and kind of what we need to do along the way. And I found really helpful the more I get to know the client and really see who they are as a person, then, as you said, stories come up at any time about anything, any conversation, so many seeds of different stories and different social media posts or email newsletters. And the same when you're working in your business, you're working with a client. So what I often do, I work with my clients and kind of teaching them and showing them how to pick up these threads, how to notice what's happening in their daily lives, what's happening in their client work, what's happening in their business, what's happening in the world. Uh, we have a couple categories that they can look at and depending what they are more inclined into, what are their skills. Because one of the things for me in marketing, I love looking what people's strengths are, what their passions are, what they genuinely enjoy rather than forcing them into video or podcasting into something that they should be doing. And through there, they can very quickly learn to pick up on they're working with a client, just have it in their back of their mind a little bit after writing the client notes to be like, oh, this topic could have been turned into a story. And this conversation I had with my bestie or with my husband, with my kids actually showcases really lovely uh, the point. And then it depends on what who prefers what. I'm kind of a mobile phone notes kind of a girl. So I will have tons and tons of kind of a brain dump ideas. Sometimes it's just a couple of words. Sometimes it's a couple of paragraphs. Some people do always have a little notebook on their table. And it is pretty much, it is finding ways how you can immediately capture the thought because our brains are elusive. And if we don't capture it, then it doesn't happen. And I'm always thinking, if there is someone out there who can create a device that would be recording my inner chatter all the time and gave me the option to highlight in the transcript the important thoughts, I would be willing to pay millions. Because if I'm cycling, if I'm running, if I'm in a shower, I get brilliant ideas. But in certain moments, just can't stop and write it out. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I just wish and repeat it and repeat it so many times i hope the brain will remember and sometimes it's just gone i think someone once I, I overheard this i think it was maybe on a podcast somewhere but ideas are like fish in a river you have to catch them or they're gone and it's so true you, you will have so many ideas in a day but if you don't capture them you're you're wasting a fantastic resource because the river is full of fish um I think something I was thinking as you were speaking there was a lot of people, they do speak about social media strategy as though it was something that you could just write down and now your problem is solved. What you really need is a social media practice, a social media habit to cultivate a social media lifestyle, because that's the job at the end of the day. If you want to build your personal brand online, if you want to be known, there is only one vehicle for that and it's content. And it requires that consistency. The reason you and I are speaking is because you have been consistent with content in one form or, or another for four years. And a lot of people, they're looking for the quick wins, the quick hits. Sporadic social media is like going to the casino. You can get lucky. Consistent social media, living a social media habit, um, that's really where the magic starts to happen. And synchronicities start to just 
unroll for you. And I think that's a really important lesson that I think you you highlighted there. And I think for me, when it comes to marketing and social media marketing, there are only two aspects to it. It's the content and it's the engagement. And I am a big proponent of the organic marketing because, as you said, you if you show up consistently and regularly enough over longer periods of time, yes, it takes time and effort to start with, but then you can create longevity. You can create something that will keep going without that much of an effort. Because for me, on my journey, I've been really consistent for a couple of years at the beginning of my business. And then pandemic has happened, life has happened in the past couple of years. I actually haven't been that consistent, but I call it I've been consistently inconsistent with the way that I've already had a brand that carried me for quite a while. So when I then inconsistently consistently showed up, and provided value and spent time, if nothing else, then staying in touch with the people and being present in my communities, then it over a longer period of time, no matter what happens in your life and business, if you pivot, I'm changing my direction, it's still okay because you will have already a strong base that will then allow you to take your business and life into whichever direction you want without that much of an initial investment again. I think one of the things looking through your profile that you're very learned on is neuroscience. And what you described there is, if we were to just take you as a specific example. So a few years ago, you formed neural pathways in my brain. They're burned in forever. Sometimes they'll kind of fall back into the hindbrain. But once they're there, it doesn't take much to trigger them. And the mistake most people make is they never really burn themselves into somebody else's brain. For me, that's an extremely powerful thing because you exist in somebody's brain forever if you have made the impression. And that impression does take an initial consistency. But like you said, it doesn't need to be sustained. It can be almost like tidal, if you like. And I think that's one of the challenges that lots of people struggle with. It's the idea of consistency. The fact that they have to show up every day, every week at the same time as a clock as if on a really rigid schedule. And often when we then miss one day or we are sick or something happens, we find it so hard to get back on track. And we know that building a habit and building a routine, it does take the repetition, but it's okay to miss a day here and there. The important thing is to have the mindset of, I am the type of person who shows up regularly. I am the type of person who enjoys marketing, who creates meaningful, valuable content, who loves to connect with people, who provides value. And if I miss a day or a week or so, that's okay, because that's what I need for myself, for my own safety, for my own health and well-being. But at the same time, I then don't build it up into something massive. And we see people often then apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry, you haven't seen me here for a couple of days or weeks and months, maybe you've noticed. And I don't think it's necessary necessary to do that because A, people will not notice you've been there, gone, because they have their own lives and lots of other people to worry about. But also it just creates an extra barrier for us to feel kind of the pressure to we have to come back with a bank rather than just continue as if nothing happened, keep posting, and as I said, the people that you've already impacted 
it will light up a light bulb and their brain will be like, hey, they're back. They're here. Mm. I see them again. That's awesome. One of the things I'm curious to ask about is, I guess there's a couple of things. The first one is most people, when they don't have the social media habit, there's resistance for lots of different reasons. It can be technical. It can be creative, but more often than not, it's emotional. From your perspective, what are the most common points of resistance that you meet and how do you help people pass them? That's so true that when it comes to social media, it's so emotional. We are now getting more and more aware of the mental health impacts of social media, of the fact that there is lots of noise, it's very overwhelming, that it causes us to compare ourselves to others quite a lot, that it is very time-consuming and mental capacity-consuming. So that lots of people will have these blocks from either I don't have the time, you know, I don't want to be on social media because for my own health and sanity, I am afraid to put myself out there and be, as we talk, kind of vulnerable and open. And pretty much it's always, it's looking at these, they're all mindset blocks. In reality, social media, it's a wonderful thing. And it's not dangerous if it's used the right way. And it can be a wonderful, positive place. And luckily, we have a lot of control over that. We can work with the algorithms, we can work with lists, we can find our paths. So for me, it's always trying to understand the mindset blocks that my clients have, that really what is it stopping them, what is it that they're telling themselves, that they will be judged, that no one will care, that they will waste too much time, that you know it's not going to work for them because they're not amazingly inspiring, unique creatures even though we all are. And it's then helping them mostly overcome the mindset blocks and help them create a different image in their own mind of who they are. Because then once we have a different image of who we are, we are more likely to do the things we know we need to do because that's who we are as a person. And ultimately we will get the results that we've always wanted. I think one of the things that for me was the most freeing was once I realized that, and, and there's a couple of perspectives on this, but once I realized one third of people were not going to like me, one third of people were not going to care, but one third of people would probably like me, suddenly it was easy because I'm only there for the third who like me. The other two thirds, they're not my people. And additionally, and this was equally profound for me, is if you want people to be drawn towards you, you have to celebrate the equal and opposite, that you can't have a strong force of attraction without an equal force of repelling others. And actually, it, it's really important to turn both up because the, any, for, any magnet has two polarities that attract the, the positive and the negative. You can turn the power up on the magnet and you're turning both up. And once you realize that, you think, well, isn't it really important that I attract the people who are most aligned with who I actually am? not necessarily who I pretend to be. And suddenly everything's easy. I don't really, I just, I need to be on my best behavior, but I don't need to pretend to be anything I'm not. And that was very liberating. It is because you realize that you don't need to be the best, that you don't need to be uh, someone, you know, who you've already seen outside 
the world that's already working well for them. You don't need to be like them. You simply really need to be just the truest version of yourself. And then the people who have the same values, who you know, resonate with that, will find it. You find so many, you know, be it uh, weird bands or movies or TV series, there always will be someone, there always will be a community of people who will like those, who will find certain types of genres and personalities and activities to be their favorite. And that's kind of the game of marketing, especially as a personal brand. It's to be someone's favorite because of your uniqueness and be okay with the fact that other people will have other favorites. So you talked about working largely with health and wellness professionals now. They're not people who are a lot, a lot, you take people like coaches or entrepreneurs, they decided to step into some form of visibility. Health and wellness, not so much. Um, what, and, and then I guess there are those people who will naturally step into that because of their personality types. And then there are those for whom it's less natural. But the peculiar thing is, and this is getting to my point, the best people at anything are, are rarely the ones who push themselves to the front. They're often those who maybe are a little bit more reserved in the back. How do you, number one, speak to those people as somebody who wants to work probably with those people the most? And how do you get them to say yes to, okay, I, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to try. It always comes down to the purpose because those people have such a strong pull towards their purpose. That's why they have decided in many cases to go and start their own business because they saw that they have a bigger purpose, that the corporate life maybe is not capable of supporting them, that the big organizations are not listening and they might have a bigger chance of really changing people's lives through being on their own and having their own business. So for me, it is identifying the purpose, looking into the understanding of what really is the dispersion desires and truly wants because we are incredible creatures in a way that if we really know what the purpose is what is the vision what is the why and how we can achieve it we're there willing to really push ourselves out of our comfort zone and we're willing to do anything and everything possible to achieve that if we have this clarity how our actions really are aligned with our purpose and having then also our personal self-care practice and not forgetting to nourish ourselves when we do something that challenges us, then having the time to then recover and recuperate and celebrate and appreciate that. I think it is, even though we talk about marketing, it is very much, you know, relationship, self-care, mindset kind of a game. And I think that it's, it's very easy to think that marketing is all that's required. I guess what we need to remember is marketing is simply something that's designed to start a conversation. And I think a lot of this is the, the mistake I see a lot of people trying to make is they want to go from social media to customer and not really willing to, to do the messy stuff in the middle. And yeah, you can put some systems and processes around the messy stuff in the middle. But at the end of the day, it's all about driving people towards or inviting conversation. Whenever I meet somebody whose focus is social media and content and content marketing, it's a very broad topic and we all have our strengths and weaknesses or the things that we resist. 
I kind of think I know what you're good at, what you're great at and what you enjoy. But I have to ask, of all the things that you can do online, which are the bits that you personally find that you you have your own resistance to? This is a wonderful question because I have been on this journey myself. In the past couple of years, what we've always heard was video is the thing. Video is taking so much of content. It's how much video we consume. Video is incredible in connecting and all that. And I did spend quite a few years forcing myself to be comfortable on video. And one thing is something to do with life when it feels a lot more like a conversation. Because I'm actually quite comfortable speaking on a stage in front of an audience. But video, when it's especially pre-recorded, I hate that. It takes so much of my energy. I still then hate watching it, and which means that it will not come across. And it was my journey, especially throughout the pandemic, where I was able to take a few steps back and really start rediscovering who am I and what do I enjoy? What are my strengths? Whereas I've always been a writer. For me, maybe the fact that I've moved to a different country and I really had to embrace a new language, that kind of made me doubt the fact that I am still a writer, even though I'm using my second language. But I embrace the fact that I am a writer which means that I then leaned into the activities that are more suited to it. LinkedIn is wonderfully suited to a writer. Newsletters are suited to a writer. I still accept the fact that video is not my favorite thing, but podcasts are actually cool because I like talking if I don't need to worry too much about the video. So that's been my journey of really tuning into who I am and what are my passions and skills and then seeing how I can find a place for them in my marketing. I think that's a very insightful reflection because I've, I feel a lot of people, they they kind of paint everything with the same brush. A lot of people will tell you, you have to do everything. You have to have a podcast. You have to have a YouTube channel. You have to do TikTok. You have to be taking selfies on Instagram. You have to have a blog. It's completely impractical. I think what you need is a consistent practice. And really that's what you described there. Yes, video does have its advantages. Yes, TikTok is undeniably a fantastic way to build a big audience very, very quickly. But consistency will trump every hack and every fad. And I think that's so important to remember that ultimately everything is about finding ways to create relationships. And you or I, we don't need a million YouTube subscribers. We need perhaps 10 new clients a year. And consistency, doesn't matter where you are, is what will deliver that. And I think that is a really important message, is just listen to yourself, where your comfort zones today. I don't think anybody should ever be resting on their laurels and thinking it's okay to not be stretching themselves. But they're stretching yourself and then you're punishing yourself. And they're not the same. And as you said we can stretch ourselves within our strength because to be really good at something we still need to put the work in that's for me to really embrace the fact that i'm a writer it does take a lot of writing and rewriting and going on writing courses and exploring different types of writing and seeing how storytelling works in writing and how poems could work on linkedin and how different types of this particular craft of writing could be developed. So it's not that I then have to 
be on every single platform and try to master every single type of content and every single thing. I can just stay in my line and my comfort zone in a way of writing, but still challenge myself and really hone the craft because I enjoy that. And then people will, again, enjoy it as well. So my motto always will be kind of a quality over quantity, kind of do less, but do it better. Yeah. So I guess taking a little bit of a segue, I'm curious to ask for you, what does an absolute golden A-list client look like? So my best clients are people in the health and well-being industry who are so passionate about what they do. They have been in business probably for a while. They take it seriously. It's not someone who has it as a sidekick to um, being on maternity, um, having a husband who or a partner who earns enough or being in a corporate job. It's someone who really has an incredible mission to change the world. And they've achieved reasonable success on their own, but they hitting a wall to going to the next level. They know that they need to figure things out. And there is now a lot of fear to step up, to really step into their zone of genius and leave behind some of the things that they've tried and they worked okay, and to really embrace the next level. And that's where a lot of the emotions will come because they're comfortable doing what they're doing or they're kind of okay, or they still struggle with marketing and it's their daily challenge. And that's why they're not growing as much as they would want. So that would be my ideal client. And I guess alongside that, a parallel question, I think a lot of people think about marketing as the communications piece, like the, the visibility element, but actually into that comes productization and, and the product. And I think a lot of the time when people have reached a little bit of a peak in their business and they struggle to move forwards, it's because sometimes they don't have the product that will release them into the next level. Do you help them with that part as well? Yeah, you have to. That's one of the things where I don't want them, the people to have to go to multiple different places. So even though I will say, and I do, core of what I do is marketing and specifically it will be very much the digital marketing and social media and content. We do have to go into the business strategy. We have to look at what is their business model. We have to look at how is it working? What are their most uh, profitable products and services? Who are their ideal customers? What is the size of the market? Do they need a different market or is there still potential in their market to then figure out if really they can sustainably scale their one-to-one offer or if digital product or additional products or any other ways of growing are relevant. And then we can step properly into the marketing and getting it actually done. So AI is something that I should really be asking you about because I think, I don't know if you remember back around the year 2000, I was telling people, hey, there's this internet thing. You should really have a look at this. Now it's the oxygen of business. I think AI is going to be very similar. How are you looking at integrating AI with your own workflow and with your customers' workflows? Something I'm always curious to ask people like you. It's an interesting area. And I must admit, I was very resistant going into it. A, I don't like just jumping on a trend when everyone was talking about it. So now it's quieted down. Like, okay, let me have a look. What's it all about? And I think it's a wonderful tool to have in your toolbox. I think some people are relying way too much on it and are only looking at its positives and the 
we might need to be a little bit more cautious with some of the negatives. And I had conversations with a couple of editors and copywriters who are quite cautious about the copywriting rules and about the ability of the technology actually to listen to everything and pick up on data. So there are still quite a few red flags that stop me from fully integrating it and being 100% on board with it. But I love it as a tool for inspiration. Mm. So if you're stuck on blog post ideas, if you're stuck on headlines, if you need a little bit of different perspective, then it's great to give you prompts that you didn't work with. I think for it, it can be used for some of the automatic tasks like transcripts and stuff like that. Could um, we can automate a lot of things through that. We can ease some of the, what I call monkey jobs, kind of the easy jobs that a basically trained monkey could do. But for the really creative work, I think it's a great booster, but it cannot do what only we humans can do, which is what we talked about today. It's the storytelling. It's the authentic human experience. So I'm watching it. I am occasionally working with clients on showing them how to start using it, but I'm not the biggest advocate for it right now. I think you used the word assistant, I think, and I think that's a good way to look at it. It's not there to replace you or I, but it's there to avoid the blank page. I think it can be very helpful for that. And the blank page, to bring things right back to the beginning, is usually where most people struggle the most. So hopefully people will use it the right way and not the wrong way. Like I have had the best fun. We've spoken about lots of different things. Are you going to Atomicon next month? Yes, I am. I can't wait to be there and see everyone again. I wouldn't miss it. I got my ticket yesterday, so I'm looking forward to it now. I will see you there. But I can't let you go without asking, what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? It's not necessarily what I wish I would start it, but it's more what I wish I knew. And that's just to trust yourself a little bit more, to look within for your own opinion, for your own expertise, for your own instincts, a little bit more than you look outwards. Because the thing that I've realized the past couple of years is how much we're influenced by the external world, how much we're trained to listen to our parents, to our teachers, to our experts, our bosses, and how little we really trust ourselves and listen to ourselves and gives ourselves the opportunity to really truly shine i think that's a fantastic answer like if people want to go deeper with you if they want to find out more about you how can they do that the best thing is to find me on linkedin if you search for lenka kopova and you see marketing therapist uh, there isn't too many people of the same name so you will find me there and yeah drop me a message and say hello there will be links in the show notes like i've had the best fun you have been great to speak to. I can't wait to see you in a few weeks' time in Newcastle. If anybody's listening and you're thinking, what's this Atomicon thing? Google Atomicon conference. If you're in the UK, you probably should be there. Absolutely. Even if you're not in the UK, it's worth flying in. There will be people flying from miles and miles. And it is definitely the best conference I've ever been to with the best community of people. So that does bring us to the end of another episode. Thank you to you at home for listening or if you're on YouTube for watching, you're awesome. Like and subscribe, comments are great. If you did enjoy the show, then you will love the Personal Brand Business Roadmap. It's everything you need to scale your expert business. 
It's everything you'll need to start, scale, or just fix your expert business. It's 100% free as a gift from me. Just click the link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.agency forward slash roadmap. Thanks again to you for listening. Lenka, for joining me today. You were awesome. I was average. See you next time.